Hello. Good afternoon. Welcome to another session of Bible study with Mac and Cheese Podcast.com. I am Mac Ruby McClellan, and cheese is the word of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that you have opened up this evening for us to impart your word. We thank you for blessing us. Blessing us and blessing us. And thank you for all that you have done to prepare for this broadcast. Prepare me. Uh, we want to thank each one of you for tuning in and listening to Mac and Cheese. Uh, we are very grateful for every listener. And we pray that God would give you a bountiful blessing. Well, here we go. Uh, this time for Mac and Cheese, we're still studying the book of Revelation. And we're in chapter 19, one of the most important chapters in the whole Bible. And I'm thankful for to be back with you. I've been missing for over a month. My computer, uh, it just stopped working. And God blessed us uh, to get it fixed. And uh, my brother went and bought another power line. And my granddaughter bought me another Chromebook that I don't know how to work yet, but God willing, I'm asking him to open up my mind so that I can learn and to grasp all the things that I need to. We're thankful to be back on again. I didn't expect the computer to stop, but you know when you're telling uh, people uh, the future of the enemy, you can expect him to fight back. Well, as I said, chapter 19 is a very, very important chapter in the Bible. Uh, ever since the beginning of time, people have been wondering, well, not since the beginning of time, since 2,000 years ago when Jesus left the earth, uh, they've been waiting for him to come back. And in chapter 19 of the book of Revelation, he makes that appearance. Praise God. And we're going to start at Revelation 19 and 13. And I hope that you, God, open up all of our ears and that he bless us so that we can hear the word of God, not me but the word of God. Chapter 19, uh, Revelation verse 13 reads, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. And I just want to talk about that particular scripture for a minute. It said that his garment, the vesture, 
that he had on was had been dipped in blood. And a vester dipped in blood. This is not from the Battle of Armageddon because Armageddon hadn't started yet. It hadn't begun. Uh, Christ's blood-spattered garment symbolizes the great battle he has already fought against sin. Did you hear that? His garment is splattered with blood. And it's about not Armageddon, but it's about the battles that he had already fought. Your battle, my battle, his battle against sin and Satan and death and has been stained with the blood of his enemies. You know, I often wonder why everybody else was all dressed in white and why God, why Jesus, when he came, burst the clouds and the lightning went from the east to the west. Why didn't wasn't he dressed in pure white? You know, like you would expect him to be. He was in white and he was riding the white horse, but he was just splattered all over with blood. And that blood, it kind of saddens me to say, but if he had been he had been fighting, he has been fighting, uh for you and I, fighting our battles. And how many have we had? Just one of us. You don't know what it took for him to snatch you back from Satan. You don't know how many doors he opened that he was uh, had to fight that battle. But one thing about it, he was victorious. Hallelujah. He was victorious. And like this does not does not represent uh, uh the blood that was shed on the cross, but it's a picture of judgment, not redemption. This is the blood of his slaughtered enemy. This is not his first battle, but his last. He has fought for his people throughout redemptive history and his war clothes bear those stains. The blood represents the judgment of Christ's enemies. Over and over in these lessons, I have given the scriptures where the word of God took on the form of flesh and dwelt among us. In the book of John, the first chapter, we read about the word of God. And as you know, the uh, first John reads, uh, says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now go on over to John 1 and 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We also see here that uh, the word Jesus, that's what we're talking about, 
was, is, and always will be God the Word. Let's read chapter 14, I mean, verse 14. And the armies, this is talking about when Jesus come back through the cloud, this time he's coming through the cloud. During the rapture, he just came to the, to, uh, in the cloud, but he didn't come through it. This time he's coming through it. And uh, chapter, uh, verse 14 reads, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Everybody was white and clean except Jesus, and he was stained with blood. The blood of our battles. The blood was on him from the battles that he fought for us. Armies in heaven. This army is composed of the church, which is us. The tribulation saints, that'll be the saints that's left here when we go in the rapture. The Old Testament believers, you can find that in Jude 14. And even angels, they return not to help Jesus in the battle. They are unarmed. But they return with him to reign with him after he defeats his enemy. And that'll be in chapter 20, about verse 4. And uh, the army is coming back to reign with him. They won't have to fight one, lift one finger. And the, limp, the linen that you see, it represented righteousness. Let's go on to 15. And it says, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. Listen to this. That with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. When he came before to the earth and in flesh, he didn't rule with a rod of iron, but this time he's coming back to rule with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the almighty God. Now that's sharp sword. Let's talk about that a minute. This symbolizes Christ's power to kill his enemies. That the sword comes out of his mouth indicates that he wins the battle with the power of his word. You've heard that he wins the battle with the power of his word. He wins the battle with the power of his word. Though the saints return with Christ to reign and rule. They are not 
the executioner. That is his task. And I thought about that. He rules that um, it said the sword comes out of his mouth indicates that he wins the battle. Can you imagine what God has given us? And we don't know how powerful it is. He's given us the word of God. We just don't believe strong enough to believe that God's word is that powerful. God's word is powerful. And he's coming back. He's going to strike down all these people that's coming against him and coming against his purpose. And he ain't going to have to touch them. He's going to smite them with his word. The sword from his mouth depicts judgment through his spoken word. Now you remember that uh, the, the God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost in the beginning spoke the world into existence. They didn't per se have wood and and, and and cement and all that to create the world. They spoke it into existence. We just don't realize what we got. You and I, that's what I'm talking about. You and I who have the power of God's word in our mouth. We just don't know how to use it. We we something disconnect between our mouth and, and our brain and we don't we speaking it but we're not we don't believe that it's that powerful but when Jesus come back who is pure and holy and he speaks that word mm, mm, mm. it's a spoken word how powerful it really is it's sharp that it can divide the soul and the spirit. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That means going and coming. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and mara and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. The word smite the nation. Christ will destroy, listen to this, all unbelievers. The rod of iron will subject all nations to himself and destroy all his enemies. And you know, I don't know about you, but it frightens me when I, I see all of this going on over in the Middle East. All these nations coming against Israel and all these wars. But then that was what he told us to look for. We'll know what to, uh, to see when it finally comes because we've had so many examples stuff going on right now. The rod of iron stands for swift, righteous judgment will mark Christ's rule in the kingdom. 
believers will share his authority. Words relating to wrath and anger are found 15 times in the book of Revelation. We see how powerful his word is. This rod of iron that he is to rule with just means that his law is absolute and unworthy. I mean, unwavering. He never changes. And we know what the wine press is. They press the juice out of the grapes. They have to be crushed to get the juice out of them. We see the fierceness in the wrath. The wrath of God is for three and a half years. That's the, this is talking about the tribulation. And then the second half is the great tribulation, making a total of seven years of God's judgment and wrath. And his judgment is so pure. I think last uh, month when I was talking to you and the saints was uh, rejoicing because they felt like they knew that Jesus had avenged them. And, and they weren't happy because the people were being uh, destroyed. They were just happy that Jesus' word was the truth. And I'm going to read this next uh, scripture and then I'm going to cut off and we'll be back. Praise God. Revelation 19 and 16 reads, And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, I don't care who they made king. In all these little different countries right here, and how many countries done band together and align together. And uh, but Jesus will have the absolute rule in his soon coming established kingdom. Nobody will be able to overthrow him. Nobody. He's gonna have absolute rule. And he will be Lord of Lords and King of Kings over everybody. And we're going to learn what that means. All these kings, Jesus is going to invite the birds, the fowl of the air to come and share his great supper. And the fowls of the air, when, when he gets through speaking what he speaks, it's going to be blood all the way up to the horse's uh, mantle. And he invites the birds to come and pick their flesh off of them. Now that sounds horrible, but who would dare to raise up their head against Jesus? Who, when the words of his mouth are so powerful, he didn't have to pull out a sword or, or whip out a gun. He just stood there and spoke to them the word of God. 
I'm going to cut off right now and we will be back. Praise God. We will be back. We thank you for listening to us. And we pray that if you have not given your uh, life to the Lord, you still got time. You can do it right now. You can repent of your sins. You can tell God that uh, you want to live the rest of your life for him. And he said, come just like you are. You can come dirty, crooked, um, whatever way you are. Come that way and let him clean you up and give you a new life. It's wonderful serving Jesus. Um, this has been macandcheese.com, podcast.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and several other stations, RSS feed, uh, anywhere that you get your, you can get a, bro a podcast, you can find this one. And it's called Mac and Cheese Podcast.com. I'll see you in two weeks. God bless and I love you. And I'm asking you to pray for me. Pray for Ruby McClellan. Thank you for listening. Bye.